0: Welcome to Thrive the Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Ahmed Duma, the creator of Shukman, a fictional character that helps children and sometimes adults transmute fear into connection, compassion, and joy. In this episode, Ahmed shares his journey of transformation of embracing his heart and creative spirit to become the artist he truly is, and in doing so, in being his true self, help the world transmute fear into love. Before that conversation, however, I have a brief invitation for women entrepreneurs who have been experiencing frustration, burnout, overwhelm, anxiety, and unfortunately, at times, ill health. The wounded entrepreneur in a woman takes her lead from her unconscious unworthiness has substituted her real needs by insulating herself with money and makes do with a loss of connection in pursuit of success and upholding that success. We pay the price for this with our vibrancy or authentic self-expression. And as we feel misunderstood, we end up isolated. And that can lead to becoming brittle, belittling, or critical of ourselves or those around us. If push and demand have become your mode of operation in building your business or life, it's time to take a breather in 2024 i will facilitate thrive in entrepreneurship to help powerhouse creative women who want to set up their own thing or are redesigning their thing ditch the burnout the anxiety the overwhelm the separation so that they can start or continue their entrepreneurial journey with ease as their lives and relationships thrive. However, right now, you can book Clarity for Christmas, a half-day one-on-one with me that will give you the clarity that will free you from the burnout and that will stop you from going off track. So if you've been feeling eroded in your confidence, one-on-one with me will give you the clarity and the confidence you need in 2024. Right now, these Clarity for Christmas sessions are at a very special Christmas rate. So the details for booking this early Christmas gift are in the show notes. And men, if your woman has been going through this and you've been witnessing it and feeling like you wanna, you know, get away from the pressure and the frustration that she's experiencing, book this as your Christmas gift to her, as a support to you both. You can thank me later. Thank you for listening. And now for the main conversation with Ahmad. Ahmad, welcome to Thrive, the podcast. I'm delighted that you're with me today. I came across your work because someone introduced me to shukman in fact it was lucy she mentioned that you have this creation called shukman and that you utilize it to work with children and sometimes adults now when she mentioned it to me and i just had a little look i immediately felt ignited and excited And so I knew we were onto something there and that you were onto something. And here we are today so that you can share with us, you know, the creation of Shukman and also the journey that you've been on and how intuition has been powerful for you in allowing yourself to receive your creation and to bring that to the
1: world. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to to get into this and to share more about what I've created.
0: Mm-hmm. So tell us about Shookman. Where did it all begin?
1: So Shookman for me was something that actually, you know, it really is one of those stories of um, when you talk about intuition and finding our truth. It wasn't something that I necessarily took seriously in, in the start. It was more of a game there or, or something that we shared amongst friends where uh, we'd be out and in a club or something and we we want to go over and talk to a girl and there'll be that little voice that 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 chimes in in our heads and tells us, you know, how it's going to go horribly wrong or, you know, she's probably going to reject us or something like that. And so we'd share that with each other in, in the club. We'd be like, oh, you know, I want to go over and talk to this girl, but Shukman's telling me she's probably got a boyfriend or she's going to throw a drink in my face or, you know, something's going something's going to happen. And then I started noticing that you know it's not just in dating; it's it's in every aspect of life. But it wasn't until 2016 that I had the intuition to to draw Shukman. Like it never had occurred. Yeah. So it's quite it was quite a thing to sit down. And I didn't have any idea of what he looked like, but I I actually went with intuition. I completely just went all right, blanked my mind, and just went with it. And the man that's here today is pretty much is not not pretty much is exactly how it was drawn, just more refined <laughs> uh from back then and uh and that's how he got started uh but between two thousand and sixteen and now like i've i have better understood the idea and and more how it's use in in education
0: so man is a it's almost like a slang term right a, yeah origin yeah,
1: that's and- right, yeah.
0: And you've actually created Shookman to be an an actual character.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have a little Shookman doll here, so.
0: (laughs) Kind of scary.
1: (laughs) You know what? It's funny that you say it's scary because kids find this cute. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. And I find adults find Shookman scary and kids are just like, oh, wow. (laughs) So they can face their fear a bit more than we can. Yeah well do you know what like it's an interesting point and I know we're slightly deviating already but like when growing up if you ever watch any cartoons the bad guy was often scary looking you know I'm thinking of like Thundercats or, or you know these things and we never actually had nightmares necessarily about these characters but as we grow into adults for some reason we really recognize that as scary. Mm. So
0: tell me about that journey you know how you began listening to oh, hold on a minute, there's something more here. This is not just a joke mm. between friends. This is not just a way to help each other or egg each other on or whatever it would be.
1: Yeah, I think like because I've done a lot of self-development, what started becoming obvious was the parallels between the ideas of Shookman and identity. And often we talk about ego or the shadow. And so what was obvious to me was Shukman's representative of that. And what I had created was something that we could look at, something that we could see, that we all recognize as being either the inner critic or the shadow or the ego. And so, like I said, since 2016, it was kind of like I was better understanding the depths of that for myself and exploring what that meant for me. But then also in doing that, I was understanding what it meant to others and on, 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 uh, on the other side of things, like the re- recognizing the value of Shookman, what I realized is every single time I spoke about Shookman or shared the idea, people's eyes lit up. People were intrigued. They were curious. They liked it. And that's how I was like, oh, this is, this is something, you know, this is something real. This is something useful.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. So are you an artist already before creating Shookman as a character?
1: Well, I've forgotten that that's something I used to love doing as a as a kid. I used to draw and doodle. In fact, even in my notes everywhere when I go on courses, I end up doodling uh, points and just to emphasize things. But I never considered myself an artist, and it was only in the last couple of years that I re embraced the idea of you know of being an artist. I felt like you know being an artist is such a big label and it means this and that what I've come to realize is being an artist is being a creative you know, and allowing that creative energy to flow through me.
0: So you were in the shadow of your hero's journey at that point, you were living in the identity. What was your identity back then before you embraced your true nature?
1: Wow, well, I guess my, my identity was shook man. <laughs> there was, there was a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of fear. And I suppose actually, when I think about it now, um, What's obvious to me about my identity, there was a lot of hiding. That's what actually was going on. So externally, I was playing this cool, calm character, but un- underneath it all, there was the anxiety, the self-doubt, the hiding of my my creativity and ideas. I mean, that in essence, to to bring Shookman out into the open was a very difficult thing because it was burying my soul. It was ex- it was sh- allowing people to see something that was going on inside me.
0: And how did you hide that? Like, um, what was the, what did you do in your life, you know, in terms Mm. of what was your occupation and how you were living and, you know, the thing, because often those, those parts of us draw us away because they can be very alluring. They can be very seductive. You know, we can have very. Enjoyable lives in some way, and we might not be listening to that, or mm. we in a lot of pain, but we still can't quite hear what our inner wisdom is giving us. So, what did life look like to you um, on the outside?
1: So, on the outside, what life looked like to me was I was working in my uh, family business, which is care homes, mm. and uh, in 2012, my mum had passed away, and I had stepped into a managerial role uh, within the care home. And at the time, I was like, "Okay, you know, this is going to be like a temporary thing, and and then I'll move on to something that I I want to do that I that like that I feel is in alignment with my own heart and truth." And then the years roll by, and I didn't feel like I could get out of it. Or I could find a way out or create a way out. And what became apparent to me later especially as i started learning about truth and and heart and intuition is that what essentially the way i operated was i felt like i didn't have my own authority i didn't i I wasn't allowed to express what i wanted or it wouldn't be accepted it would be rejected in the world so i was very good at following and i was very good at towing the line and people pleasing and you know getting the job done and um there was a sense of consistency, keeping things the same. But then in terms of evolving, expressing, expanding and expansion, I would shy away from that. In terms of putting myself out as an artist or saying, hey, this is, these are my ideas, I could talk and I could share. I, I like What was interesting is, looking back, is there were certain, I, the way I see it is like we all have certain talents or gifts. And I had certain talents or gifts, but I had nowhere to channel them. And so I could talk, but I didn't know, or I didn't, well, not that I didn't know what I want to talk about. I wouldn't allow myself to express what I really, truly felt.
0: Where did that pattern start is my question. You know, that pattern of complying and pleasing and where, what would you say the origin of?
1: Mm. It's well, difficult to really nail down exactly where it started, because at the same time, there was a side to me that always loved to explore and step outside of the box of experience and try different things so it's almost like I've been trying to the whole time I've been trying to find uh, there was like a a battle between trying to express Mm. who I am and at the same time reaching a limit and then stepping back away from almost like an electric fence stepping away from that and and so I would say that was possibly how it's been for me for for the longest time like that's how it, that's how it was uh so it like it's it's it was hard to notice in a way because i would do these things i would either go traveling uh i went to china uh i pretty much by myself i traveled i traveled around china for a good three three weeks by myself this is uh, this is this predates um google maps you know like before then and um i do a sport called parkour which is a lot about you know taking risks but also moving in a different way outside the norms but then at the same time what was really apparent was in my let's say vocation I wasn't expanding in terms of in my personal pursuits I kind of like things just stayed the same there was a lot of there's a lot of wheel spinning You know, that's that's how I learned. That's how I learned to understand what it was. It was a lot of sitting on the fence and undecidedness when it came to taking big actions Mm -hmm. uh, towards things that I like I wanted to create and put into the world. So I would say like, you know, I think a lot of life up until university was almost on autopilot. And then after university, things become more apparent because all of a sudden there's no structure. Yeah. That, that, that that I could hide inside of, or that I could excel inside of. I had to create my own.
0: Yeah.
1: And I didn't know how to.
0: That's a really, you. you mentioned a few minutes ago about before I learned intuition. And that is a really interesting point, because I think a lot of us have the perception that intuition, well, I just have it. But there's a difference between that and actually learning how to harness it. So obviously, at some point, you became aware of, hold on a minute, there's there's actually tools that I can apply that help me access my intuition, help me understand my intuition so that I can actually apply it to my life, not just have it be a random point, you know, because when it's random, it's almost like we pick up the threads, but sometimes we don't do anything with them. Do you like yeah. to- a bit
1: about that Well, I'd say the hardest thing about I guess yeah, I mean learning about intuition was definitely important, but following intuition is a whole nother thing <laughs> so so that's that I think learning to so what I truly learned was that I had a heart that I had things that I loved and starting to orientate and appreciate and accept those things and to turn and face those things and say, "Oh, these are things that I enjoy." this is what I, because that's, it was tough for me to even, like, even, even nowadays, sometimes I will share with people different ideas, and then they will reflect back, oh, this one you seem most excited about. But internally, to me, I sounds like I've expressed every single one the same. (laughs) But they can hear, okay, oh, you're really passionate about this one. And so it took me a while to reorientate towards and accept, what is it that I, I, I would love to do? I'd hidden it from myself.
0: You know, something I'm realizing that growing up, I had a a really strong kind of perception that men didn't have feelings and they didn't have a heart. And I really see in our culture, that is a kind of myth that's perpetuated a lot, you know, that men don't necessarily feel and it's a lie. And I realized it was a lie some time ago, but You know, actually, for men and boys who are locked into, you know, a role, like you put it, you know, either being the bad boy or being the good boy or whatever it is, you know, to giving yourself the softness of sensitivity because it's not something that's typically assigned to men. You know, it's kind of like, if you're soft, there's something wrong with you. If you're sensitive, there's something the matter. You know, I know when my boys were little and they used to go to school and they'd be surrounded by their male friends, it was a toughening up thing. It was a, you know, like you didn't really want to show that side. Um, And I, I see in schools... And I've spoken with teachers where it's like, yeah, be free to express yourself. And then the minute you do, you're. Mm -hmm. So we live in a culture that's. Full of mixed messages. And it's a process to learn to hold on to ourselves and to validate ourselves and go with our heart and go with our intuition and go with our sensitivity rather than give that away or ignore it or bury it or hide it. How does the creation of Shukman serve men and boys in particular in showing their heart in the world, in a world that often is so rejecting of men in that way and constantly enforces messages of be strong and be tough and toughen up and because those are still messages that
1: mm. i think okay. yeah there's a redefinition of the idea of what it is to be strong i believe that and this is imbued in my work that when we can be vulnerable then we are truly strong and what i mean by vulnerable is to be able to express how we think and feel and to be okay with all emotions to be vulnerable to our experiences because then we become resilient whereas if you're completely stiff then and and, you know as a human just holding emotions or holding them down um and suppressing them that's going to metastasize into other things and become a, a separate issue like whether it turns into depression or you know something more physical so through Shookman, it's about creating an awareness of our emotions. And and firstly, bringing some light to that side of us. And that, that's what Shookman does very well. That's the first thing. The second thing, there's, there's two, there's two more things. The second thing is it allows community when we are talking about Shookman, that we can, we can share it with others and and then we actually realize that others are experiencing the same things that we are and if others are experiencing the same things we are then actually who's the weird one <laughs> like you like who's wrong no one we're all the same and that's one of the beauties of what i'm doing at the moment when working with children is is just showing them that you know what we're all having these emotions all of us parents adults kids your peers all of us all right um And then the third thing is that when we can truly embrace that side of life, then we can also truly embrace the other side. So if we can truly embrace our sadness and our angers and our fears, then we can also embrace our joys, our happiness and our love. Because if we're denying one side, then it also blocks us off from experiencing the other side. That's something that I found, you know, the, the common phrase is as above, so below, but especially in emotions. If you can't experience your sadness, then can you truly experience your joy? Because there's almost uh, they're on the same spectrum. And, and when we limit ourselves, we kind of limit ourselves to that sort of middle ground. And then, you know, it kind of feels embarrassing. And I know I had this a lot. It feels embarrassing to be joyful. It's like, oh, I'm acting out or people, you know, people are noticing me or if I'm too happy and I don't want to be noticed or something like that. Right. Right. So these, I say, these are three areas, um, you know, helping people to understand themselves, helping people to grow empathy for others and themselves and self-compassion for themselves, and then allowing us to actually truly experience joy as well.
0: Hmm. So how is that, Um, that you bring this to schools or children?
1: Yeah, so the what I've created is a, a workshop, which is in four parts. And the the initial process is to essentially open the door of emotions and get them talking and get them experiencing and and recognizing their own story and at the same time because it's done in groups they're then seeing others and and they're seeing other they're hearing others share and a common thing i've heard so far is kids saying it's it's cool to hear other people have the same thoughts and feelings that they do about similar things and even better when it's often someone that they look up to because they often assume that others are better in some way, or more confident, or less sensitive, you know, or stronger. And actually, they realize that huh, they're just like I am. <laughs> and, um, and then in the process of, of all this, I then introduce them to the idea of, of joy. So they get to experience both sides of the coin of emotions and, and recognize how emotions have a great power. Or well, two things: emotions and imagination. But emotions have a great power in driving our actions, and imagination is how we're able to trans, like transmute that, or how we're able to, to change and transform emotions, or choose, you know, to put it simpler, to how to choose where we want to put our focus.
0: So talk about that a little bit. This um, imagine the role imagination plays in transmuting emotion. Because one of the things that I think of it when I think of children is that they're just naturally joyful. <laughs> you know, they, they they don't have a problem expressing joy. But actually, that isn't really true, is it? Especially if you're a child who's experiencing a lot of pain in an area of you know maybe your household or whatever it is. Hmm. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that distinction. That imagination is a portal to transmute emotion
1: Mm. yeah so the first thing is is um getting them to appreciate that their fears are mostly in their imagination because there are like real fears inbuilt ingrained fears fears of heights you know fears of a lion chasing us you know these things but rarely in society are we faced with either of those so are we ever really in danger of falling off something and unless you've climbed up somewhere nor are we in danger of a a lion or something chasing us. So therefore, I make the distinction for them that most of their imagination exists in their heads, exactly where Shukman exists. And so they all appreciate Shukman lives in their imagination. And if Shukman represents their fears, then therefore their fears exist in their imagination. One of the, I don't like make it a point in the course other than to mention it in the material, but I see imagination as being the, the the most powerful tool that they have and i share that with them throughout i talk about that and how that allows them to choose and their ability to imagine things um is what allows them to create what they want in their life so for kids at this stage when i'm asking them like what their goals are i let them say whatever like i've had kids say to me they would like to you know sit on the rings of saturn (laughs) they'd like to be a kid forever (laughs) Or, or like all these things that if an adult said it, you'd be like, well, <laughs> I'm not I'm not so sure. But then, you know, what I've realized is by letting them do that, we can then play with their thoughts and feelings around that and start to get into how they really think and feel.
0: Beautiful. And so what are some of the blossomings that you're witnessing in the children as a result, like after they've participated in this? what does it open up for
1: them? I think one of the most beautiful things is the, the compassion that they have for themselves and others that's like one of the things that uh, one one child said to me when I asked them about like you know what's been the biggest um shift they said they noticed that everyone that had done the course was le- the, the words that they used was less of a bully yeah and so so that gave me the impression that I mean our kids are like always taking the mick out of each other so you know that gave me the impression that actually yeah so they were taking less of the mick they were less on that side of things and more appreciative and aware of each other's feelings
0: so one of the things that really lit up for me when I first contacted you was this I just had this hit of Shukman being like a cartoon character or you know a, a on a network that can be shared out there in the world so that more children have access to this and i'd love to hear about your creative process and what's what's a, what's unfolding and what do you see for Shookman? and i i want to say it might sound really weird but I, you know i get this kind of Shookman- penetrating into the conscious awareness of children everywhere
1: mm. yeah the when when i first had the idea of Shugman, the idea originally was a comic book oh. yeah there was a comic book idea and that was you know when we talk about intuition that was the very first ever intu- intuitive uh reading experience you know that I that I'd ever had and and it was around business and I had this sense that my business would be around comics or cartoons or something of the sort and so that's always been in the back of my mind and and that actually is the the bigger vision for Shookman. the idea of where I'm at now teaching workshops I, that wasn't even necessarily in my plan to begin with um though I always had a joy for teaching and sharing things that I've learned I never thought to myself, you know, I'm going to start off by teaching kids. But what's obvious to me now is that in terms of getting Shukman out into the world, teaching children, uh, especially at the age of between 8 to 10 or 8 to 12, you know, that very formative age, that's where they really appreciate the, the, the lessons and the awareness and talking about emotions. And it's a very pivotal point in their lives because they're moving from primary to high school. And so they go from a more of a, uh, a smaller community to a much larger community where all their thoughts and feelings and interactions with others just kind of expands or their whole world expands quite rapidly. So what I'm seeing in the in the long term, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just connecting the dots, as as you, you may have heard, right, like connecting, connecting the dots, looking back. But what's obvious to me at this point is, or at least what I believe is obvious to me at this point is I'm creating community here. I'm, I'm teaching the children from the, from the ground up and the ideas of Shookman, Shookman stories and and films and, and cartoons and comics. I feel like that's definitely all in the, in, in the much bigger vision. And I'm quite happily sitting inside of a, of a 10 year, you know, of like a 10 year vision, you know, to see all of this materialize it could happen faster. It might, you know, get up and slower but you know that sort of long-term vision of Shookman. um and I, you know, i've written a few short stories i've studied um i've, I've gone and studied uh screen screenwriting and and all these things i wouldn't say i'm like a you know a, a, another like steven spielberg or something like just yet but in terms of learning and following the path i'm following the path and seeing what unfolds
0: yeah that's so gorgeous and um I mean, I I see it as something that's just inevitable. You know, it just feels so inevitable and a wonderful opportunity for people in broadcasting to realize a partnership with you that would be deeply beneficial and hasn't really had a voice up to this point in the mainstream.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I realized because even as I look around at the moment, there are no other creations that are quite like Shookman. There are other there are obviously kids' books and that have characters in them, but none of them are quite like what I've created and as a as a singular point of focus to talk about these topics.
0: Yeah, well there's something to that in that really, you know, you could sometimes you can get ideas that have been born elsewhere. And then someone tries to adapt it. But what's missing is the energy of the heart, which is so Mm. intense and it can't be substituted. You know, and that's why sometimes you'll see productions um, and you can feel the energy. You can feel the juiciness and the creativity and the connection and the vibe and the love in it. And then in other things, you just it's like a sunken hole. There's nothing there. Mm -hmm. it's like the energetic imprint has been removed and this is something in business that i feel is really important for us going forward because we have created a society where a lot of it has been diluted Mm -hmm. and you know speaking about this already about reclaiming uh with with another guest you know the reclaiming of our gifts and our talents and our intuitive insights as human beings that we so often suppress because we want to fit in or we want to belong or we don't feel worthy or one other or any combination of that you know and then when we move from that place we can still create very powerful results but the impact is just nowhere close to the same
1: Mm, yeah that's definitely been my journey and experience with what I'm what I'm doing now you know so I feel like so much especially when I felt out of touch with my own truth and creativity it's like seeking anything that could potentially make money whereas whereas now it's like oh actually I'd love to of course money's great and I'd love to do that with heart like with and with joy in what I'm doing and I see that with shook man like I'd happily turn up and deliver talks on shook man and do that for free And, and that's the thing for me is like recognizing and it's I'd have to say that has also been a huge part of my own journey in recognizing that pattern that tendency to to kind of focus on the outcome over focusing on the journey and focusing on the building and the and the infusing of enjoyment. And so even as I journey down this road of of teaching others about this that's something that I've recognized in myself it's easy in this world to focus on the quick like, you know, the the, the quick money making schemes or being rich or getting to the end of a, you know, how big could shook man be, but then instantly it loses its, um, as you say, its, its spark, its heart. And so part of the journey is being able to just keep myself focused on what is it that I actually enjoy and and keep doing that and keep creating. And I do find the more I'm doing that, like, you know, even opportunities like speaking on this podcast are unfolding because it's 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 coming from the right place.
0: I As I'm listening to you, what I'm hearing you say is really about potency, mm. potency of what you're bringing and holding the integrity of that potency so that it can be sustained, not just mm. short-term win yeah. or long-term legacy.
1: Yeah, like even the idea of, say, someone copying uh, something, and then now I really can appreciate, especially through doing this work like what it takes to create something with substance and and that really you know requires multiple levels of one of like putting something out but also what we're willing to bring to the table and it's been a journey for me to get to this level of appreciation uh, and and so now it's for me it's the choice of holding myself there and you know enjoying the work I really do I, I, I've reorientated that as well and and in a sense of appreciating where and, and what I mean when I say that is um there's obviously a part of me that seeks validation that that seeks that seeks to be recognized I'd say that, that that will be in that that version of me that didn't know who his heart was and so he would seek validation and seek to be um uh praised or, or or um looked up to and but the work with Shookman is not about that it's about sharing something that I feel is true something that's helped me and I really believe that can help many others um I love
0: to hear what you're saying there about seeking validation because in a way validation by itself is not a bad thing it's just that what you're saying there is from within you you're not seeking it is that
1: yeah so i would say like my own version of Shukman, my my personal identity in in terms of like the the more shadow the shadow side is the one that's like seeking to be recognized seeking to to you know in in this world today with like social media and um followers and likes and all that it, it becomes about that and it becomes about being perceived a certain way as opposed to actually recognizing that we are whole and we are complete and um and sharing what i what i'm doing from a space of like, this is something that I enjoy and I love doing.
0: You know, there's something there around the creative journey when we are creative. And because we want to be, I've seen my son go through this a little, you know, it's like he's very creative in music and he follows that. And we had this whole conversation about following his weird,
1: mm. rather
0: than making stuff that's he thinks other people want to hear. Right. Yeah. You know, and he's always been on that trajectory but I think for creatives in general that's a journey in itself learning to hold that rather than give over to it and feel that you have to because you have to make a living or you have to mm.
1: survive
0: somehow yeah yeah
1: that's a constant in this world now I'd say because especially now with say like social media there's all these rules and 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 boxes that you got to tick in order to put your content out or gain followers and 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 so you could easily, and back in the day, it would have been marketing on, on its own, you know, how to market your product or how to get noticed and, and get, you know, more people buying your products. And so I feel like that's a constant in the world out there, like it's a constant that kind of pull towards doing what others want from you. And I suppose some of that is required, like some of that in terms of meeting your customers needs, but then the ability to be original, requires you to be original to be to be without that without having to copy or follow others and to know what it is in your heart to be able to express and And I think that's why when I think of what it is to be an artist that's what I enjoy about that or and even with intuition why I personally felt like it was a useful and one of the best things I've come across in terms of how to navigate my life is because it allowed me to be original it gave me a pathway to to recognize what my truth was and what my talents are and to to follow that that's, because without it yeah yeah, yeah. I was just going to say without it like I speak to loads of different people and without it, it yeah it can be very much a kind of like copycat world
0: yeah that's such a valid point about the power of intuition being the thing that enables us to access what is truly unique about us, what is our gift that we bring. And there's no finding it out there. Mm. It's already within. Mm. It's a matter of listening. Mm. Yeah. So presumably, schools can contact you and they can engage with you to enjoy this experience of Shukman for their own children.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I've started um, teaching in schools and um, I've started because I'm literally starting on my own at the moment. So I've started in my local area in uh, East of London or in London in general, but I do have a vision of expanding out and getting others involved in future. So it's um, so for now I'm sort of building it around this area and then I will continue to build outside.
0: Lovely. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and sharing with me about what you're creating and I'm really excited to see what unfolds um in the coming coming time
1: (laughs) yeah in the next decade (laughs) yeah thanks for having me it's been it's been a really insightful and interesting conversation and even for me to reflect on certain parts of my journey that I haven't thought of for a while so I appreciate you thank you
0: thank you If you loved this episode, share it and subscribe to the podcast. If you'd love to get in touch with Ahmad, visit the show notes where you'll find links to his website. If you'd love to reach me about my clarity sessions, also follow the show notes where you'll find the links to get in touch with me. Thank you for being with us.